on this episode of AV Week, the state of IT and AV, getting artists to create exceptional AV experiences. And the U.S. government is putting more restrictions on technology to China. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 405, recorded Friday, May 24th, 2019. AV as art. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Buy-In and by Daylight, the leading producer of high-quality projection screens worldwide. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week, first and foremost, Ms. Corey Schaefer from QSC. Welcome, ma'am. Tim, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Absolutely. Uh, also with us is Mr. Tom Barry from Verix from some beach on the Jersey Shore. Yes, it's Friday somewhere. It's Friday somewhere, uh, and I'm sure there's a, there's a TV show that we could make out of you on the Jersey Shore, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, also with us is a new, uh, fo- a new person, so be nice to him, the two of you. Uh, John uh, Hallman. John Hallman is the Director of Technical Services of the Americas for Christie. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Great to be here. Absolutely. Uh, all right, guys. First story here actually comes to us from the New York Times, not a source we typically go to, but it's an important one. U.S. government is uh, telling tech suppliers uh, like Google uh, to restrict dealings with Huawei. Huawei, if you're, if you're not familiar with Huawei, which you should be actually, is a huge uh, electronics manufacturer. I believe they're the biggest cell phone manufacturer in the world. And this is impacting not only Huawei's relationship with Google, but also uh, other tech uh, manufacturers' relationship with the tech companies here in the States. Um, another company that actually came out after this story called Hikvision, which is a, an IP camera uh, and surveillance company, it was also told uh, by the U.S. government that, that they were no longer allowed to get technology from, uh, from the states here. Tom, I want to start with you on this. This is a continuation, uh, and it, it seems to be a continuation, and a lot of the analysts are saying this, that it's a continuation of this, this trade dispute, this trade conversation that the U.S. government and the Chinese government are having. When it comes to companies like yourself who are trying to do, you guys are a global uh, AV integrator, you're dealing with, you know, not just people in here in the States, but people outside the States. How is the governments that are, let's say, um, fighting, I guess, <laughs> uh, arguing, how is that impacting folks like you? Uh, it's, it's a big problem. Big problem, Tim. Anytime the governments get involved in our business, uh, it's an issue. We would, uh, we would prefer the government uh, take hands-off approach to our business. And anytime they get involved, uh, things become more complicated. And uh, I would absolutely expect that this dispute between China and the U.S. to continue to affect us directly. Uh, we are registered to do business in China and have done business in China for, for 10 years. Uh, this will only force the, not force, this will only have the Chinese government dragging their feet, slowing things down. The response to U.S.-based organizations is going to be even slower 
it's going to be even harder to repatriate money. Just the, just the, the process of doing business is going to be made that much more difficult. They may not say it directly, but it's already difficult to do business in China. You have to do it. You can't say no. Uh, and you're going to grin and bear it. And um, I think from, from that standpoint, from the industry-wide, we're already starting to collect letters and see, and see documentation talking about the, the, the tariff impact and that the prices are going to rise on a variety of products to be determined uh, because a lot of that dust still needs to be, uh, still needs to settle. Uh, but once it does, uh, it's going to be a cost impact to us little guys that we're going to have no choice but to pass on to our, uh, to our clients. Yeah. Corey, I'm going to bring you in on this. Uh, you know, QSA is a global manufacturer. Um, your components come from different ways, uh, different places. Tom mentioned the fact that certain components are made in China, even though the, the, the pieces themselves, the finished product may be assembled here in the U S or manufactured here in the U S. How has this impacted the manufacturers like like QSC as you guys are trying to expand and go into Asia Pac and not not necessarily China specifically, yeah. uh, but Avixa has said for a number of years that, that the Asia Pacific market is going to become you know at some point in time the, the biggest market in the world surpassing yeah. North America. How is this impacting you guys? Uh, the the most difficult part about all of this is the uncertainty, right? Because when we have this back and forth and you know, meetings get pushed and potentially, I mean, Tom, you, you mentioned tariffs, you know, now we have this situation and we're wondering what's going to happen there. The uncertainty, especially when you're in the systems install business, projects we're, we're uh, being put in are 9, 12, 24 months out. And we just, you know, just uncertainty is really never good uh, for anyone. It's incredibly difficult to plan, et cetera. And, you know, there, when these additional costs come in, um, we can absorb some of it for some time, but at some point we have to pass it on. And then the other situation is for us as a company, and John, I know you guys have the same thing in the cinema vertical, you know, China is a great market for, for us um, companies. And, um, you know, um, and, and that market already is very up and down, you know, so to see this happening uh, is again, creating uncertainty, which is unsettling. And then for us, as far as components, I mean, one of the uh, companies mentioned in this article is Intel, and that is in, you know, um, every QSC, you know, processor. Yeah. Uh, John Corey mentioned the fact that, that, you know, there's a lot, of, you know, going back and forth, but you guys are in a new, Christie is in a unique position, the fact that, that you're a Canadian manufacturer, right? So you may not have, you, Canada hasn't, Impose tariffs and correct me if I'm wrong on this. Uh, impose tariffs necessarily on Chinese goods, but you also, you know, you get you know products and, and services from from other places and, and chips from other places. How is this, you know, dispute between two com com countries that you guys aren't necessarily a part of impacted you? Well, we're um, we're watching it very closely, and um, we have a manufacturing plant, yes, in Canada, but we also have one in China that builds uh, products there as well. So we can still supply product within the China market or within the Asian market space out of that China facility, but then we can produce product here in North America and um, bring it into the U.S. without duties. So um, not all the products that we manufacture, we have that ability. So there are some products that are manufactured in China that we're looking at, um, you know, certain duties and, um, you know, the, 
the one right now is a 25% duty that they're in talks of implementing on finished goods brought into the U.S. So again, that's something that uh, is going to get passed on to the end user, unfortunately, and they're the ones that are going to be paying um, a lot more money for the same products that they can buy today. And as Corey mentioned, you know, we work on a lot of projects that last six months out or, or a year away, and uh, looking at a you know substantial price increase happening to those projects that I'm sure the customers have to digest. So yeah, it could have some really major implications. You know, and I just think the overall uncertainty of this is the most frustrating part because when, like at QSC, we deal with a lot of large global enterprise customers. I know Tom, you do the, you do as well. John, you, so does Christy, and you know they're creating technology standards. In the and the reason they do that is to reduce the, the variables, right? And so now here's here's a variable thrown out that none of us have control over. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, real quickly, uh, both Corey and, and, and John talked about the, the length of, the, of what the projects you guys work on. What can you do, if anything, um, to talk to you know, your clients and prepare them for a possible price increase or, or contractually, can you even do that? Well, our, our, our documentation has always said or always stated that our quote is only good for 30 days. So whether it was it's this dispute or years ago, the volatility in the pound when we, when we did a lot of European work, there's, there's volatility to be found. And yes, having that written into a document doesn't mean that you're, clear, you're free and clear, but it at least allows you to have that conversation. And we had this conversation earlier this week was, do we want to enhance our language in our proposal to address um, tariffs and the potential cost impact. I think for us, uh, we may do that um, as the systems integrator. We're always looking to pass that cost on to our clients uh, versus absorb it. But I think the other thing we look at is, is while there's issues and tension with China, the Asia Pacific region is a huge region. It runs from Japan down to Australia. It runs all the way over to India. Um, and there are numerous third world developing emerging market countries that are, I'll say, filling the vacuum left by the dispute between the U.S. and, uh, and China. So, so we see, I was just in Singapore and in Thailand last week, and Singapore, for example, has lots and lots of, of opportunity. Yes, are they keeping an eye on China, U.S. Uh, spat? Yes, but at the same time, the economy overall globally is in very good shape. And uh, we're going to continue to benefit from that. You just have to look under a lot of different rocks, not just the big red one. All right. Uh, moving on, our next story actually comes to us from, from our website and a, a press release from, from Christy. Uh, Christy was involved in something called the Digital Graffiti and Alice Beach, uh, quote unquote, artists from around the world participated and competed in a curated weekend of design, animation, and projected technologies. Christy uh, worked behind the scenes enabling the residency artists um, to display their artwork throughout Alice Beach uh, on its unique white architecture. And if you click on the link, uh, we'll, we'll put on the show notes, gorgeous, gorgeous projection mapping. John, I'm gonna bring on, you on, on this, obviously you're, you're from Christy. Um, 
how, how can manufacturers like Christie, like QSC, work with artists to kind of pull this thread that, that honestly that Avix has been talking about for a number of years? And that's the experience, right? That's kind of where Tide came from, the technology and design experience um, con, uh, thing that happens uh, the day before Infocom every year. You try, they're trying to get and, and recruit graphic artists and digital artists into the AV industry and showing them stuff like that. So, so showing them stuff like this, this digital graffiti uh, festival certainly helps with that. But how can manufacturers get in on the ground floor and, and kind of foster that relationship? Right. Now, the digital graffiti um, event is kind of unique in the sense that it's judged. So artists actually are developing content and then it comes and gets judged. And there's other events like this around the world where artists um, you know win cash prizes based on the event um, to get into something like this um, you know it's it's more of an end-to-end -end solution so you've got to be able to provide the players to play back the content the projection technology that you can map onto surfaces and um, and be able to adjust that because a lot of these events happen outdoors and as things can shift slightly um, it'll it'll move the alignment of the overall projector, so you got to be able to manage that and, and get it back in uh, in alignment quickly. Um, so from uh, that standpoint, you need to have the proper product in your um, arsenal to do it. Over the years, we've been doing you know numerous events and permanent installations all over the world with this technology, um, and projectors have gotten uh, a lot less expensive for the higher brightness units that are typically required um, for covering different surfaces um, you know sometimes if you've got red brick you're you're a little limited you need quite uh, a lot of horsepower to to light that up so um, you know you, you need to have the proper uh, tools to to make this all happen and pull it off correctly well yeah, and the facade that, that they're projecting on here is, is a white facility that's what, what john was talking about uh i remember no about a year or so ago um they uh, they did a projection mapping project in downtown Chicago. That was not a white facade. It was it was still quite quite impressive. Corey, same kind of question. Uh, you know, QSC does you know audio as well as as, as video and um, transport. How can companies get in with artists, uh, digital artists as well as as music artists to get in kind of in the ground floor and, and help them create these unique experiences? I think we. I think we are doing it by starting, and, and we've been doing this for a while as manufacturers, starting to actually get those relationships and collaborations going at the end user level, right? So it used to be that the channel, the reseller was our, was our touch to the actual end user, but now we're all collaborating together. And when we're talking and, and having those types of discussions and, and seeing things that they're doing and, and creating a space to where we're not just trying to push um, a box or sell a technology, but rather really listen and collaborate with everyone involved on what what are you trying to do here? What try what kind of experience are you trying to have, and the why? And 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 talk to other manufacturers. I mean, as an example, um, I feel like I'm bringing cinema up a lot, but um, you know there there are companies that make um, acoustic treatment that also can be used basically for digital signage right so there's like multiple uses and because they're thinking about how that's being used in a dark theater and so you know just just looking and be just broadening your scope of what you've typically done in your past several years quote in AV and 
broaden your scope and your audience of who you talk to to better understand what people are trying to do and what is really possible. Because when I saw this this piece on mapping, I just thought it was just so cool and just um, just so so impressive in the way it brings that artistic community into what we're doing. It's great. And you know, you're right, Tide is Tide has done a really great job of pulling that artistic side. And that's um, I, I we just need to broaden our we need to broaden our dialogue and our, our collaboration, in my opinion. Well and, and also uh Corey and I were, were together uh, a number of a couple weeks ago uh, in LA for an event and QSC sponsored the DJ that was at, there, you know, and they were, she was using uh, QSC uh, speakers. And I thought that was a unique use case where a manufacturer could, could partner with an artist, right. In a public space to, you know, kind of support them and give them a foundation, but also obviously, you know, promote what they were doing as well. Yeah. Win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Barry, from your standpoint, you know, Corey mentioned the fact that a lot of times the integrator has been that touch point and now everybody's kind of working together. How can you work with folks like Christy and, and QSC and other manufacturers uh, to kind of, you know, funnel them to artists and, and connections that you have to make sure that it, kind of everybody wins and we all kind of create these, these unique experiences? Well, I'll tell you one thing. It, that's an example of technology is everywhere. And, uh, and that's what's exciting is that, that we combine technology, ever-changing, exciting technology with the desire for the human being to want to do something that's never been done before. Whether it's an artist, in this case, it's artists. But we do a lot with architects. They have that same mentality. And being able to present a variety of technology options uh, we're agnostic. We don't represent just one uh, technology. We represent everything. And that way, if the customer, whoever that client is, whether it is the artist, whether it's the client, whatever they're looking to accomplish, if they can, if they can communicate it in some way, shape, or form, we should be able to collaborate and pull them together. John and Corey and other companies, any technology that's out there, that's what's great about this industry. It is just filled with subject matter experts. You want an answer, there's somebody out there that's got it. And believe me, there's plenty of people that want to share their opinion of what they think. That's, that's true. <laughs> both, both good and bad. And I won't comment on which is which. Uh, our final, final story here comes to us from Sound of Communications. The, the uh, ITAV report has been uh, released. It's a, it's a, a, a semi-annual, bi-annual. It's, it does, they do it twice a year. And right now it's Friday and my brain hurts. So uh, twice a year uh, report from the folks at Sonic Communications. Um, it's uh, the new editor is, is our buddy, David Danto. Uh, lots of good stuff in, in this report. Take a look at it. There's an emerging trends. There's uh, an AV over IP segment. Uh, there's actually a view of uh, IT and AV coming together and, and the legal ramifications of that. Uh, from an old friend of, of Aviation, um, Mr. Josh Schrago, who is, is in the process of going through law school uh, now as we speak. He actually just finished up uh, his first year. Uh, Corey, I want to start with you on this, not for nothing, but QSC is heavily involved in, in the IT space, uh, and you guys are migrating uh, in, into that and have been for a number of years. Um, where are we when it comes to, to IT and AV coming together? What, what is the state of IT and AV? So... Um, I, I feel we're there um, personally. I mean, at 
at QSC, we're talking to both teams, and it's about, uh, I mean, it's, it's really one team, but, but multiple stakeholders within that team. And um, I, I feel, I just feel we're there. And I love this report because it brought in analyst um, uh, perspectives, it brought in manufacturers' perspectives, and it brought in end user perspectives. Yeah. And uh, what we're really seeing, because we, I believe that we're there, we really are seeing um, the, the, the user experience being, being enhanced, the install being enhanced, and the overall cost you know, coming down, the cost of being able to route um, AV everywhere, and, um, and the technology, and, and, um, you know, obviously coming down in cost and availability. And the reason I also say we're there is I saw this last year at Infocom, a big launch, including with QSC, and you'll see it again this year at Infocom, um, the, the ability to monitor and manage things on the network. And that, so when we're talking about cost of technology, we have to look at the overall cost of ownership and this, and the supportability of systems that get deployed is really key. And so this really, you know, there's just so much great meat in this report and IT, they, they want to monitor and manage and be able to do it from a single point. And so I, we're going to see a ton of that on the trade show floor this year. And I, I felt like we saw a lot of it last year as well. And um, at QSC, we're folding in our monitoring and management tool into IT platforms because we believe that, you know, if they're going to be looking at SolarWinds or Splunk, um, we shouldn't have them have to have a separate dashboard to look at what we're doing on the AV side. So if they want to, they can, but we're just folding right into what they're doing. So I, I feel we're there. All right. Mr. Berry, same question. Uh, what, what is the state of, of IT and AV coming together? Oh, they should be together any day now, just right around the corner. Damn, if we hold our breath any moment now. Oh, come on. I'm a, I'm a, I personally call ourselves an IT firm that specializes in AV, and we've done that for years. Our clients, other than the clients in Asia, in Asia they still seem to be facilities, but uh, here, in the, here in the Americas and in Europe, our clients are IT. Yeah. AV is the responsibility of IT. Um, and for us, that's important. What I thought uh, was also pretty and good, really good about this report was the whole emerging technologies and, that, and how it affected the changing and how it interacted with the changing workplace. Uh, Mayoni's article, specifically the lessons learned um, in regards to the, the workspace environment, that as an integrator who does design build, that's a big that's a big deal for us. And I think that the last comment would be that soft codecs are the future. And the fact that they uh, the the thirty forty fifty thousand dollar Cisco uh, systems and they are on the, they're on the run. Amen, brother. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. Zoom. Actually, no it, Zoom. It, it, it we're we're eating, we're drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah, I, in full disclosure, I actually wrote a piece uh, in this in this uh, report, and I mentioned and referenced uh, one of the last uh, systems I did at uh, when I was a tech manager, and it was a twenty thousand dollar hardware based codec uh, system. And just for the record, that wasn't the most expensive one. Um, it was a fifty. I, we didn't get a bid for a fifty thousand dollar system in the, in that room, and that one came with a three thousand dollar a year uh, recurring uh, license. 
uh, the $50,000 one. The one that we put in had a $1,000 uh, recurring license. So, you know, it was... Either way. Yeah. You know, and we're, seeing, we're seeing soft codecs even adopted by the traditional customer that you didn't think would go there because you felt like security was such a factor, like financial. But the ease of use and the cost is just, uh, you know, people are kind of weighing these two elements and kind of going ease of use for my user. Well, and here's the other thing, Corey. So the number of folks are going, are, are seeing the security as, as an issue and they're trying to make it more secure. Uh, we yeah. use them here at AV Nation. Not a commercial, we pay a license, right? We, we, we pay our, our supplier uh, a monthly uh, fee to, to we have two licenses. We also use it for our webinars. Oh, good, about time. Uh, be quiet, Zoom is. Um, Zoom is also uh, going down the route and they're trying to get updated and upgraded uh, security clearance, right? They're trying to yeah. make it more secure. Um, they're not to the level yet where they could, like the, the government, US government could not use it for uh, top secret uh, communications yet. And I, I, could, I don't think I'm wrong on that. Um, but they are actively uh, pursuing it, right? They're, they're doing, you know, they're talking to, to the folks they have to talk to to try to go after that. So uh, John, Christie also has a number of, of, of AV over IP products and, and network products. So from your standpoint or from Christie's standpoint, what is the state of, of IT and AV? Yeah, we, um, you know, we've had the Phoenix processor that's uh, been on the corporate AV network and control rooms for the last six years. Um, we've brought out the new Terra product that uses the SDVO E standard, and we're a founding member of that alliance. And it's something that we're heavily invested in and moving forward with. We see it as a great opportunity. I, I always like to look at other um, areas that are starting to use this technology. And I think of even in your home where you can walk in and tell Google or Alexa to turn your lights on and stuff like that. I don't think we're far away from having that in, in corporate space as well, where it's going to come in and it's going to, you're just going to talk to the room and you're going to tell it to do what you want it to do. And then the uh, screen's going to turn on and your content's going to show up on the screen. It's, you know, it's actually there now. It's just not widely used. So we're just going to keep developing and there's going to be more and more products that are going to be sitting on the network and um, have access to and just going to make everything better. And I think it's really helped all of us. Um, it, it's helped, IT has helped AV become more professional in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, no longer are rooms kind of like, um, you, you know, always unique, you know, so uh, IT helped us develop the standards process because that's so common in IT and IT has, has really um, helped us develop a single user experience and ease of use because that's really, I mean, the user experience is king. Absolutely. By the way, John, I, I like it when smart people uh, agree with me because I, 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 I had a presentation about two years ago and I offered every integrator in this, uh, it was a Simco event actually out in, uh, on the East Coast. Uh, and I offered every integrator in that room $100 if one of their clients didn't ask them for voice control in the next year, I still have my hundred dollars just for the record. All right. That'll, that'll do it for us. Um, Ms. Gallery Schaefer, thank you so much for joining us. Tim, thank you for having me. And for those of you that will be at uh, Infocom, please stop by to say hello. Uh, uh, QSC's booth number 3811. And we also have a demo room where we're going to be able to turn it up loud. And the demo room is W224B. And if you want to reach out to me, you can find me uh, at Corey.Shaper at QSC.com. Uh, you can also find me on the social networks at Corey Schaefer.
Right, very good. Mr. Barry, thank you, sir. Uh, you're very welcome, Tim. And how do people find you? I have a booth at Infocom, and I will just be wandering the aisles of Infocom. And we can be found at Verex.com, Global Integrator. We also have an office in Cyprus, right down the street from uh, John's, uh, John's office. No, no, Corey's, in, Corey's in, in, in Santa Barbara. John's up in Canada. I know, but he's got the office in Cyprus. Oh, he does. He does. I'm sorry. Yeah, he does. And QSC has an officer uh, near there, too. Well, Costa Mesa. Nice. All right. Uh, and John Hallman, uh, Director of Technical Services for the Americas uh, for Christie. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. And, you know, we're happy to be there. And again, we'll be at Infocom as well at booth 2543. So please come by and see the latest AVIO over IP products and projection mapping and all the other displays and processing products that we have to offer. Very cool. Appreciate that. Uh, for us, for AB Nation, actually for me, I, I, I don't follow me at this point in the hockey season because holy crap, the Blues are still in it. Nice. Um, they, uh, they, they are making it to their, their first appearance in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, finals, uh, the Stanley Cup finals, uh, for the first time in 50 years. So just for you kids, that's older than me. Right? I have never seen the Blues in the Stanley Cup finals. So that's what I'll be tweeting about this week. Uh, but for Aviation, go by the website, avianation.tv. Avianation.tv, you'll find this program and a host of others, including our other weekly look at the news of AV that takes a look at the residential uh, side of AV, hosted by our buddy Matt Scott. Also, while you're there, take a look at our supporter section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and Infocom 2019 in two weeks. And Christy is one of those. We thank them. Uh, for their support. Also, while you're there, speaking of Infocom, make sure you sign up for our tweet up. It is our annual uh, get together. Happens Wednesday, June 12th from 4 to 6 p.m. up on the third floor. So you can check that out and register and let us know you're coming so we know how much food and drink to bring. So all that and more at avianation.tv, avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. Tim, one more thing. I want to do a shout out to all the uh, the men and women who serve the armed forces. Yes. Thank you very much. Have a great Memorial Day, and we appreciate everybody's service and sacrifice. Absolutely.